this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. At my core, this is not only who I am, but this is who I want to be. These are the things that I want to show up. These are the things that you can typically do from your most natural state. So meaning like you wouldn't even probably consider them a strength because you do them so naturally. Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome back to More Than Just a Trophy Wife. I am really excited for our guest to be on the show with us today, because if you have been checking yourself in the mirror thinking, who even am I? Where did I go? I need to find myself. Then today's episode is really going to be the fire to your fuel. I am joined by Elena Conley, who after walking away from her dream career on Wall Street, jumped into entrepreneurship and created a seven-figure business in the direct sales industry. Elena now coaches women in rediscovering the most authentic version of themselves, allowing them to confidently walk in the direction of their dreams. So I know that you are going to love this episode. If you have been feeling stuck with a lack of personal direction, then we for sure have got you covered. And here's what I know if you are tuning into the episode today. I know that you are ready. I know that you are ready to get unstuck. And I know that you are ready to step into your own success. And Elena is going to support you in doing just that today. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show our guest, Elena. Hello there. And how are we doing? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I woke up, got my coffee, and I was like, let's do this. So thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be able to contribute and and get people unstuck. Absolutely. It's definitely needed. So I'm really looking forward to getting into actionable steps with you today. I know my my audience loves that. But just before we do, I would love for you to share what inspired you to really support women in getting unstuck? Like, how did this journey begin for you? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that just kind of evolved through my interaction with hundreds of women over the last seven years. So as you mentioned, I walked away from the career that I pursued via my education. So I was a finance major, went and got an MBA, and then went on to do um, Wall Street. And then when I left, I was in this space where I was coaching people in just kind of creating their own brands and their stories because, you know, stories sell, right? So if you're trying to sell a product, if you're trying to connect with people, the easiest way to do that is to put yourself in a very vulnerable position to be able to authentically tell your story, uh, whether it's your story with a certain product, your story in business, your story as a mom. But what I was seeing was that that was where women that I was working with were getting stuck. Um, they would say, oh, well, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me, Alina. You know, if, it was, if this was five years ago, I would pick up the phone, I would pick up the camera and record a video or, or I would talk to anybody in the room. But, you know, ever since I got married or ever since I had kids, I just lost my confidence. You know, I don't know who I am. I don't really know how to connect with people. So many people were dealing with social anxiety when it came to really being able to communicate the things that just light them up. Um, outside of not being able to communicate that when asked, hey, you know, tell me about yourself or what makes you just really feel alive, they could not answer that. And of course, that's very frustrating as an individual to know you have something inside of you, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And so, you know, while I was coaching people through these business strategies, many people would feel defeated because they were not able to easily identify um, what was that messaging that they had to share with the world? Who were they? And so that's when I decided that beyond the, the Instagram trainings and the Facebook live trainings, it's like, let's take a step back and rediscover, you know, who we are. Uh, I, I also felt like in my own personal journey, 
there were times where I would say, you know, everything that I've had to do to become the person that I am today, you know, in terms of meeting my husband, getting married, you know, being attractive, right, bringing something to the table, whether that's my career or my my education or my network. Once I became Alina Conley, the married woman with children, it was like all of those skill sets no longer were applicable. It was like, oh, actually, no, I need you to learn how to cook, clean, keep a schedule with laundry, homeschool, like all of the things that I did not have uh, any experience in. And so, you know, I had to figure out how do I embrace these new roles Um, How do I let go of the old version of myself that's never coming back? But how do I use the confidence that that girl, that single girl in New York City had and reinstill this in this newer, better version of myself that's serving little humans and my partner in the world? And how do I confidently take the things that I already possess and then take them to the next step in my life? And that's what I like to call authentically realigning or embracing our evolution. And that's really what I do is I help women who are in transition, you know, people who have just recently either gotten a new job, moved to a new city, uh, gotten married, had children, had more children and figuring out now that I've experienced a little bit more life or things have changed, where am I? kind of doing these self check-ins. Where am I? How am I feeling? What do I value? And how can I make sure that what I value is showing up in my day-to-day life? So relatable on every single level in terms of, I feel like it gets to this stage where, okay, you can have something together, but then there's this next stage, like Mm -hmm. you said, and that in-between stage of you leaving version 1.0 behind and doing your utmost to step in version 2.0, but not really knowing the how-to, you're kind of on the the 1.5 level at the moment. Mm -hmm. It can be so challenging, but it can be so frustrating Mm -hmm. as well. I know for so many um, women, I've definitely been there myself, especially like knowing what you're capable of, but then you feel like there's a cap being put on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're saying that all the external things are the caps, you know, Mm -hmm. my my partner's doing this, so I can't do that. Or I've got the kids, so I'm unable to do that. Or I don't have the the time or the finances to do that. Mm -hmm. And everyone starts to put these external caps on, but realistically, you're the one that's putting your cap on yourself, but Mm -hmm. it takes you getting real with that. And as you said, checking in with yourself and Mm -hmm. having those conversations, honestly saying, like, do I like who I am at the moment? What am I valuing? What do I want more of? And then of course, you know, working your way into that. Uh, So I love what you shared there. And what I would really love for us to distinguish is the difference between someone who is stuck in their thinking Mm-hmm. and successful mm-hmm. with their thinking mm-hmm. because I feel if the listeners the the audience that's listening today if they can ad- identify with that mm-hmm. they're going to be able to then see what they need to do in order to uh, in order to either get from the stuck into the um, successful so can you share what you've seen in your experience the different mindsets of this mm-hmm. absolutely you know I think that the biggest thing is we have to recognize that even those of us who understand mindset can get stuck, right? So if you're talking to someone and that's that's the thing that I notice the most and that I even, you know, express is that here I am, um, seven, eight years of all kind of mindset management, right? You know, affirmations, um, mindfulness, all the things, right? I read all of these books on how the brain works. And even with the knowledge of that, I can still get stuck in certain areas. And so, you know, it's really one of those things where we have to take the time to almost audit each part of our lives. Um, And the reason why I say this is because someone can have what we would call a growth mindset um, in the area of work, right? So typically we have a growth mindset in the area where we're being successful or we're having, you know, ongoing wins. Um, And the ability for us to forward think in those areas 
is is uncapped because we're we're in momentum, right? So what I see is there may be people who are killing it in their careers because that's what they've been focused on for the last five to 10 years. So their ability to think beyond their current situation in work is expansive because they've, you know, they've worked hard, put their head down, got the promotion, worked hard, put their head down, got the promotion. And they're kind of growing. They see the potential. But that very same person who may have a growth mindset in the area of achievement or success may also have a um, a, a, a limited mindset or um, believing that they're not good enough or they can't achieve certain things in another area. So maybe it is motherhood, right? Maybe because they've done so well in career, <laughs> they feel like I haven't bonded with my child. Um, I haven't been able to master managing the home. And so their limited beliefs then keep them stuck in that area. But what ends up happening is that because we are still dealing with growth in one area, limited in the other, are on the inside, we're still feeling like we don't have it right, you know? And so what I see with most people is that they don't identify themselves as having limited mindsets or capping themselves because they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I think positively in this area, so I can't, you know, I'm not pessimistic. But when we really audit these buckets, it's like, well, actually, you're very optimistic in this area, but you're a little more pessimistic in this area because you haven't done the work to try to take those same skills from an area to the other. So it's rare, especially with the women that I work with who are impact-driven women, high-achieving women, it's rare that they just completely have limiting beliefs, right? Um, what we're seeing is that most people have growth mindsets in some areas and limited mindsets in others. And trying to figure out how to use the strengths and the gifts that they were able to um, portray in one area and bring them over to the areas that they are more insecure in. And so, you know, I think that the way that we audit it is we just simply ask ourselves, you know, what are the things that I'm telling myself when it comes to work? What are the things that I'm telling myself when it comes to my health or my body image? What are the thoughts that I'm having around the type of parent that I am? And what you'll see is that in some areas, you're like, oh, I talk really well to myself when it comes to, girl, you are killing it in business. Your Instagram page looks amazing. Your marketing is bomb. But then when you look at how you're talking to yourself as a parent, you're like, oh, my gosh, like I'm always yelling at my kids. I'm never organized. And so it makes you feel like you're unworthy in that space. And so the moment that we can capture the thoughts that we have in those specific areas is when we can start shifting the narrative, um, shifting how we're talking to ourselves. I'm not a terrible person. I'm not a terrible mom. You know, I have the opportunity to grow in this area by doing this, this and this. And the moment that we can kind of put a name to it is when we can start really developing those underserved areas of um, of our soul. And the way you just finished that with <laughs> on our soul as well. I, I I've experienced that for myself in terms of I had this cap or belief that like, you know, everyone else can just like manifest things really quick. My partner's relationship with God is so much more stronger. And I had a look at myself and I was like, listen, if you shifted your mindset to be a successful entrepreneur, you had to be available to it and you had to be open to receiving it. But right now you're trying to control everything and therefore you are not open or available to receiving what God's got for you. Mm -hmm. And just when we were um, speaking before the episode, I shared a little bit um, of that with you, you know, around halfway through starting my business, I experienced that and it allowed me to really grow only when I started to catch the thoughts of actually what I was saying to myself and really mm -hmm. like on a deeper level, mm -hmm. what that was making, um, what I was making that mean, you know, especially such, I mean, for me, the most important relationship and the most important thing that you can have in life, if you don't feel like your connection is mm -hmm. is a strong and you know, like that's the whole reason why you're, you're here, it can make you feel like less than, um, mm -hmm. which is of course not 
the case, you know, mm-hmm. God put favor on um, all of our lives. So I love the distinguish the, the way you distinguish, you know, the the growth and the growth mindset in some areas, but then we can have this fixed mindset uh, mm-hmm. in others too. And it's a really good way to look at it because when women that are perceived to have their life together, you know, they may be looking real good. Uh, they may be, you know, all on their health. They may have the relationship going on, but then on the inside, they don't feel like they have anything for themselves. Like it's kind of this public success, but this personal failure. Mm-hmm. So I would love to get into that a little bit because I know a lot of my listeners feel exactly like that when they tune into the questions that you told them to ask themselves. Mm -hmm. So I'd really love to get into the actionable steps of how a woman can really rediscover herself. I know Mm -hmm. that you are all about this. So share the goods with us. (laughs) You know, my process has, has actually evolved over the last year. Um, Just because outside of some of the things that I personally did to rediscover myself, I wanted to be able to, realign to some degree with like some scientific methods. <laughs> so in the last year, um, I have been working in the space of positive psychology, uh, which is something that was really came out of more traditional psychology. Um, Martin Seligman, he started founding this um, area or discovering and doing my research in this area back in 98. But he at the time was um the president of the uh, Association for Psychology here in the States. And what he saw was the space of psychology was all about kind of fixing people. You know, it was like very prescriptive. Um, It was really about kind of looking at past traumas and figuring out how do we get people to this base level. And, you know, he really wanted to see how can we not just leave people at base? How can we allow them to create these flourishing lives, which someone in positive psychology would refer to as north of neutral? And so that is really what the science of positive psychology is about, is getting people from, okay, if you go to a therapist or a counselor and you're working through these past traumas and you come and you're hearing like, okay, the weight is lifted. I feel like I can move forward. Everyone's kind of looking to the left and the right, like, what do I do now? (laughs) You know? And so that is really where I started stepping into um, my gifts as a coach based in positive psychology was saying, okay, whether you're still in counseling or therapy or dealing with past traumas that maybe have kept you stuck, just from my own experience working with counselors, I still needed the action that you're talking about. How do I say, okay, I'm feeling great. I'm starting to get my confidence back. I'm not beating myself up. Where do I go from here? And so something that I do with my clients is I like to start with uh, an assessment called um, the VIA assessment. And this is um, a character strengths tool that can be easily accessed uh, by anyone. Um, And I'll give you the link after the episode. But what I love about this, and I love starting my relationship with my clients with this assessment is that, you know, many people take some version of like a strengths profile test or strengths assessment, maybe at work, you know, and it helps them to identify the things that they're really good at. Maybe they're an innovator or they're a collaborator or they're able to kind of figure out where do I fit in my team, (laughs) you know? And so when people can do that on the job, they suddenly kind of have confidence and, and feel like, okay, well, I know what value I add to my role. But when it comes to our personal lives, it's sometimes hard to transition these roles or these hats back into just like, who we are at our core. So with this particular assessment, um, VIA stands for values in action. What it is, is a series of questions and it helps you to really identify what are your signature strengths. But the signature strengths that they give you are really the things that you value most. 
So there are 24 different character strengths. And while while they're listed in kind of this numerical order, really all of them are considered strengths. So when people are analyzing this information, it's important to know that you possess all of these skills, but there will be like a top five signature strengths. And these are the things that come most natural to you. And this is typically where I like to start with people because most of the times our first conversation is when you see this list, do you does it resonate with you? And I will say, I would say probably ninety nine percent of the time, people will say absolutely. Like at my core, this is not only who I am, but this is who I want to be. These are the things that I want to show up. These are the things that you can typically do from your most natural state. So meaning like you wouldn't even probably consider them a strength because you do them so naturally. So just to give you an example. You know, love of learning is one of my top strengths. And for the longest, you know, you could always find me in a book. When I was nine, I started my first book club. It was called Nia, which means purpose. And it was all about, hey, guys, let's read self-help books to like make ourselves better nine-year-olds. You know, and even back then, I would have never thought that that was a skill set. Like, oh, you know, my love of learning and love of reading and discovering things is a gift. But it wasn't until I was an adult and I realized everybody doesn't like to read. Everybody doesn't like to research, but everybody does like to know how they can create a flourishing life. So because you have this natural gift of, you know, absorbing information and making it easy to understand, you can go and teach women tips that they never have time to read on their own, right? So if I was someone taking the VIA and that came back, I would think, oh, I didn't, I wouldn't think that love of learning is a strength, but it absolutely is, you know? And so we have all of these strengths. And what I like to do with people is help them think about when they use those strengths. So we'll start there. And they'll kind of say, oh, yeah, this resonates with me. This is a time where I've used this. And then we'll align it to their current goal. So typically, you know, I'll have someone really, really get very crystal clear on what is your biggest goal right now? You know, what is the thing that you value most in this season? Um, And sometimes that'll start out with three different goals. And it takes a couple of sessions to get down to one. But, you know, when someone comes to one goal, we can then align some of those strengths to say, okay, based on what we've identified as what you bring to the table, even with zero effort, you are great at this. How can you use this strength to start propelling this forward? And I mean, it's just amazing the ideas that people come up with, because once again, they're working from their strengths. The other thing about this assessment tool is that it also helps you to really identify where the values that you have or how the values that you have are not showing up in your life. So for me, one of my top three is humor. I mean, I think I should have been a comedian, but my friends, they're different. Like, I am the one, I'm like, add me to any group chat where we're sharing memes all day. I don't take myself seriously. Literally nothing is that serious to me. When I worked on Wall Street, my very first, um, uh, when my manager came in and gave me my review, she told the head of equities, you know, Alina just doesn't get it. You know, we're in a fire drill and everybody's going crazy. She's just so calm and, you know, she just needs to be a little more anxious. That was the feedback. Be a little more anxious. You're like the kid, but when the fire alarm goes off in school, everyone's lining up and you're just like, yeah, so what's happening here? Yeah, I'm just like, come on, y'all. Like, seriously, we are not curing cancer here. And um, so I had to basically fake anxiety just to keep my job. (laughs) (laughs) So humor is a top strength for me. And so... There is little to no humor in, on Wall Street. You know, everybody is serious. Everybody's in competition with each other. It's just a very um, competitive environment that's just not lighthearted. And so I always used to feel like something is off. And it was because I value lightheartedness and humor and laughter. And I wasn't getting that. Now, does that mean, oh, I quit my job because I can't be a comedian? 
or should I quit my job because nobody laughs here? No. But it means that if you truly value connection with other people through laughter and good times, there has to be a space in your life for that. So whether it is the group chat that is you all just passing funny memes all day, or whether you're in, you know, some type of com uh, comedic class on the weekend improv or something, or you're watching movies on the weekend where you're just cracking up, these are the things that when we have the time or when we make the time to sit down and say, okay, these are the 24 things that I value. These are the 10 things that I value. Out of these 10, five of them don't show up anywhere in my life. All of a sudden it makes sense. You're like, oh, spirituality is number two. If I haven't been able to go to church in five months because of COVID, you know, even though I can go online, I know that some version of that is what's missing, that connectivity with my small group or whatever. So I say all of that to say we kind of start with figuring out what people value. Then we do an audit of do those values show up currently? Are they showing up enough? Do they need to show up more? But then we also figure out how do we use the things that we're naturally gifted in to start applying those to the things that we want to do um, and to our goals so that we can start momentum because the easier we can achieve something, right? If, if we're doing this through a natural gift or a natural strength, it's not, it's little to no effort, which makes it easier for us to get that momentum, which is typically what people need to start working towards a goal. I love that whole process. I'm going to sum it up for the <laughs> listeners. So the first one was the VIA assessment, which, you, which you're going to share with us, mm -hmm. uh, which is going to allow them to view their strengths, right? Mm -hmm. And then the second step is to see like what your current goals really is, try and you know, get that down to three to one. Uh, then see how you can align that goal with the values that you have for your own life. Uh, then fourth step is where are they currently showing up or not showing up? And then fifth step is how can you really merge all these together? So your, your strength, your values, your goals uh, are all in alignment with the action that you're taking towards your life, right? Absolutely. It's a perfect little step-by-step -step <laughs> and we'd love for you to share the VIA assessment so um, everyone can, can do that and I definitely want to do it um, as well. So in terms of the whole positive psychology side of things, I feel like that we could have a, a trip just to discuss this because mm -hmm. I am actually obsessed. Mm -hmm. um, what are some things that you continue to do to renew your mind, to enforce the, the positive thoughts so you continue to, yeah, work through the stuff that you've been through and release the trauma, but then are able to take the massive action mm -hmm. um, via programming your mind for success? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, in positive psychology is based off of a model called PERMA. Um, and I actually subscribed to uh, the PERMA V model, which was the V was added on by one of my coaches. Um, so I'll just kind of go through what those represent. So P is positive emotion. So that's just all of your gratitude, your savoring, your feel good mindset. Um, engagement is the E, which kind of represents being able to get in flow you know, where it's the ability for us to kind of get lost in time when we're doing something that we enjoy. We're not getting in flow enough. We're not having a flourishing life. Like something should give you flow. It doesn't necessarily have to be work, but something. Um, the R is for relationships. So we know that we're created to thrive and connect with people. And so that's why, especially during this time of social distancing and quarantining, we have to get creative around how do we connect with people because it's essential to the soul. Um, and then M is meaning. So this really focuses on just the the contribution to the greater good. Um, a lot of people struggle with this sometimes even at work because if we work in silos, sometimes it's hard for us to realize how does our work or how does, you know, the little minute things that we do at work show up across the board. This kind of thought of us all being a part of a beehive. Like that's the type of, you know, humanistic values that we have. It's like, we want to know that what we're doing is contributing to the success of someone else. And if we're not getting that, or if we're not contributing to the ecosystem, um, we feel like something's missing. <laughs> and then the A is achievement, which is where most of society puts the focus on, oh, are you successful? Are you doing something? Do you feel like you've earned 
um, some level of achievement. We need that to thrive, but most of us spend most of our time there. Uh, and then the B that um, Amelia added on is for vitality. So this really just has to do with kind of that mind body medicine, making sure that we're moving, making sure we're getting sleep, that type of thing. So for me, um, historically, it was just all about kind of the P, right? And I'm not going to say all about it, but it was kind of, oh, how do I renew my mind? How do I renew my spirit? How do I put my post-it notes? But to be honest, when I, 2018 was a very, very hard year for me. It was the first time I had experienced death at a very um, close level. One of my closest friends passed during childbirth. And then right after she passed, I went through um, just this traumatizing home home buying experience, got into a car accident when I was 33 weeks pregnant, had my third child. And all of these things individually probably wouldn't have been as bad, but because they all happened in the same season, it's almost like it created these new neurons in my mind to think these things are unsolvable. And it kept me stuck for so long. So when I talk about affirmations and positivity and meditation, all of those things were great until I experienced something so low that that wasn't enough to get me out. And so that is why I started trying to figure out, okay, beyond positive thinking, (laughs) what else can I do to get myself out of this hole? Right. And so, you know, I really subscribe to this model because it looks at the whole person. Um, I have a, a special needs child. And one of the things that his 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 um school always talks about is the whole child. You know, there's no way that we can just look at certain areas of this child, whether it's his speech development or his muscle development. We can't just look at them as individual pieces. We have to look at the whole child, their whole environment, their diet, how much sleep are they getting? And when I was able to do that for my child, I was able to look at that for myself, right? So it's looking and saying, okay, how can I keep myself grounded in positive emotion? Um, But then how can I also make sure that I'm moving forward through these other areas? So if we look at the V in Parma V, sleep (laughs) is so vital to me. Um, And it's something that I'm a night owl or I work through the night. And so I just wasn't getting it. And it wasn't until I started valuing sleep and how it helps us to essentially regenerate and become better people the next day that I started actually valuing it, that I increased my productivity, that I was able to, you know, get out this hamster wheel of negative thoughts. So while I was in a season where mantras and affirmations weren't working for me, sleep was. Getting rest and not having, you know, sleep deprivation became my cure for me having the energy to go and do the work and read the book and get around people, right? So I think that one of the things that I try, that I've evolved my practice into is going beyond just the mindset, but also kind of including these other areas that we know um, encourage us to flourish. But specifically around the mindset, this is really kind of how the reminder remedy evolved is through what I call the reminder remedy methodology. And it really is the practice of savoring, which is something that is taught in positive psychology. So when I first started studying it, I was like, see, I knew my stuff worked. <laughs> I knew that you were already was, ahead of the yeah, game. I was like, I knew I that was some kind of- You didn't need to- do you know what yeah. I'm like, I knew there was some science behind this. So the concept of savoring is really just kind of like gratitude on steroids, right? So many of us are familiar now with just this idea of how do you get unstuck? How do you increase happiness? It's through gratitude. A lot of people do exercises like, oh, three things that I'm grateful for, write it down in a journal every night. And I mean, that is a p- simple but powerful exercise to keep you out of a rut. <laughs> Um, but savoring, my God, is my favorite thing. It is my favorite thing because what it allows you to do is it allows you to take something that could be so small and relive it, right? So there's different types of savoring. You can relive the past. You can kind of emerge yourself in the presence or you can just glorify the future. And so an example of that may be 
with the reminder remedy, I try to get people to almost savor things that have gone really well for them in each bucket of their lives or areas of their lives that they may be currently experiencing anxiety in. So I just did a survey the other day um, for a new um, a new program that I'm coming out with. It had over 200 responses. And I would say 90% of the responses had to do with work and money. <laughs> it was pretty much like, how do I find more fulfilling work? How do I make more money in less time? <laughs> you know, like nobody wants to work basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so e- either way, people were dealing with kind of these financial burdens. Um, and so with the reminder remedy, what I'll say is, okay, when was there a time where you felt like you had like a, a win in the area of money health, right? Um, so if I think about my own life, I remember when I was trying to buy my first home, uh, I needed to get my credit score to a certain place. And so the exact day that my um, credit score went from good to excellent on like the meter, it was just like the best day ever. Like I think it took me like a year to get to excellent, right? And when it happened, I just remember thinking, I want to remember this moment because not only is this a great feeling, but I worked so hard. I was so diligent. You know, I really was sacrificing discipline myself, not going out to eat every day. And so I wanted to be able to savor not just the experience of, going to excellent, but savor the experience of the person that I had become in those 12 months of really buckling down in that area. And so what the reminder remedy says is remember the time that this X, Y, and Z worked in this particular space and create a savoring experience around that. One of the things that we do to help increase savoring is we have kind of these, um, we have almost like a remedy or a Uh, like a physical thing that can help you remember that time, right? So for some people, it may be bracelets. For some people, it may be tattoos. For me, for this particular thing, I had just created a picture or I posted a picture of the blueprint of my home and I associated that with that day. So anytime I start getting anxiety around like what's next, um, if I have like financial woes, I'll look at that picture and I'll start to savor Savoring is all about having something that's going to prompt you to remember. So strategically placing it around your office, your car, whatever, your bracelets, your watches, but then taking the time to put yourself back in that place. So we're talking about using full senses. So I can remember if I close my eyes right now, I remember standing in my old home, looking at my phone and just the rush of energy, the desire to tell my husband, you know, and you want to taste, touch, feel, you want to feel all of that again, because instantly the brain feels like you are in that moment, right? So if you are down and out, instantly you're switching to this experience where the brain doesn't know the difference between you savoring or visioning um, the past or the future. It just sees what you see. You know, it, it lights up in a way as if it's actually happening right now. And so you can do that for the past. So that's kind of what the reminder remedy is, kind of creating every creating these savoring moments and experiences for each area of your life. <clears throat> um But then you can also do it for the future. And that's what a lot of people do when they do like vision boards. But the problem with people um, doing vision boards is that they're not allowing their senses to feel what it would feel like. You know, and so there's no ignition in the brain that's happening. And so we have to make sure that we kind of savor moments that go beyond just saying, oh, I'm so thankful, you know, or I am so happy that I'm walking into my 10 bedroom home like that's a great affirmation but can you smell the fresh paint can you hear you know the the tea kettle can you smell the lavender incense like however you want to feel when you walk in that new home that is what you have to kind of start training your mind to do 
And that will really get all of these things going inside of you that's going to propel you to start feeling good, which is really what we want when we want to get unstuck. We just want to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of that P and that's a reminder remedy. But I, I want to encourage people to go beyond recognizing that positive emotion is only a piece of the chart when it comes to us really creating lives that, you know, are meaningful for us. Absolutely. The emotion piece is so strong. I love what you said about savoring. Uh, I do this thing called magical moments. So anytime I have a magical moment, Mm. it's placed in a special um, diary and I will go and read it. But then I will experience the same as like when I will like hold my engagement ring, like I can literally remember the food that I was uh, eating and the wine that I was drinking and like Mm -hmm. how everything happens and it makes me so excited um but I read my magical moments before I go into actually any visualization it's the Mm. same as I have this song uh, as well that like before my visualization I will go and I will dance and I will get myself Mm -hmm. like hyped up for it because Mm -hmm. I am igniting the brain and then what you shared so beautifully was of course it is a piece you know the execution Mm -hmm. of that um, Mm -hmm. and also having faith with it as well really needs to come into place Mm -hmm. and what I see is the yeah women have these vision boards and they already know that they want the big house and they want this and they want that but when they get it they of course realize that this piece inside is missing Mm -hmm. and I do feel that women don't prioritize themselves the way that they shouldn't, especially for the women that I work with. Uh, They've been prioritizing their their man for so long that they don't even know what it would look like to start shifting and prioritizing themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, to prioritize yourself, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes effort, it takes boundaries, it takes strong communication. Uh, It takes a whole shift and change in the dynamics that you do your life, what would you say to the woman who hasn't been putting herself at the front Mm -hmm. and is consistently, you know, staying at the side or staying behind in order to actually tell herself, you know what, I can do this. Like Mm -hmm. I really can stand in my own success, but they need to shift that whole state of, and I'm now going to prioritize myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it it really goes back to first kind of being able to identify what is, what is it that you want? Um, I was talking to one of my clients last week and she's a career coach and she was, or she's not a career coach, but she works in human resources. And she was saying, you know, Alina, all of these people want, promotions, but like, they don't really know why. Is it just because you want more money or is it because you know, having this particular role is going to allow you to have more time with your kids at home. It's going to allow you more time to read books. It's going to allow you more time to travel. Um, the difference between someone saying, I want this, um, for no real reason. And I want this because of these 10 reasons is that it allows us to understand what's being fulfilled. It allows us to dream bigger, stretch bigger, um, and tie that emotion that we just talked about to the effort that goes behind it. So even when it comes to you saying, okay, I'm ready to prioritize my life. If you don't take the time to try to start thinking through those values that we talked about, you know, does that mean you want to travel more? Does that mean that you want to read more? Maybe you just want more time for personal relationships. Maybe you do want to start a business. It's different for everyone. So we have to first identify to some degree, what is the target? (laughs) What are we working towards? Um, Once we do that, then, you know, typically when I'm working with someone, I'll have them tell me, what do you think is going to be needed to obtain obtain these things. Um, I think that so many women, uh, (laughs) me included, we would love for a coach or a book to say, these are the five things that you need to do to reprioritize yourself. (laughs) Like give me all of the cheat code, right? I think though, what I, the beauty in coaching is that it's all about getting people to pull out what's already in them. So I have this saying uh, on my podcast that says, everything you need is everything you got. Um, and, And it really goes back to the philosophy that 
the client or the uh, the individual, everything that they need is already within. So when I am having conversations with people and they start talking about what they want, not only do I want them to tell me what they want, but I want them to tell me what they think it looks like to get there. Because for many of us, if someone tells us a prescriptive, prescriptive way of doing things, it's not going to be enough intrinsic emotion to get us going, right? Like if someone was to listen to your podcast and you say, in order for you to become the woman that you want to be, you need to go read this book, go take this course, go do this mantra. They may not value those things, (laughs) you know, that may not be their style of learning or um, their style of understanding and conceptualizing. And so we have to almost allow them to put together the roadmap. Um, And so once people are able to kind of start data dumping what they think that looks like, then they can start formalizing the process. So I may have someone say, oh, well, um, I had a girl once tell me, well, I really think that my business could take off and my marriage would be so much better if my child was sleep trained. (laughs) <laughs> and everything about me wants to say, absolutely, girl, get that baby sleep track. But I couldn't say that. But I was just like, so why do you feel that way? You know, well, you know, my schedule is unpredictable. I really just don't have time to kind of do the things that I want to do. So while her goal is to spend more time with her husband and to build her business, what she's working backwards on is the tactical thing that it will take for her to get there, which is getting this baby to sleep more, you know? So I'll say, okay, what is the first step in you getting your baby sleep trying? Okay, Alina, well, I think that the first step would be me actually maybe researching sleep training, maybe joining some support groups, maybe talking to some moms that have done it. And I'm okay, great. I think that sounds like a great idea. You know, she came up with the idea. Even if I know that that's the first step, it has to be them coming up with the idea to ignite it, right? And so then she just keeps going with these actionable items on what can happen. So when I heard you say, you know, communication. I also thought vulnerability, you know, for many women that that are trying to get to this place where they want to rediscover themselves, there's, there's this vulnerable moment that has to happen with their partners of like, it's, it's nothing wrong with where we are right now. I just need more, you know, I need to be seen. I need to have a desire feel. And when I have that desire feel, I can be a better spouse to you. I can be a better partner to you. Um, and it may take someone having that conversation with themselves to say, my biggest fear with stepping into who I want to be is that my partner won't support me or my partner will feel threatened or they'll feel like they're going to lose time from me, you know? And so their first step may be, hmm, maybe I need to go and read Brene Brown. She's like the queen of vulnerability. If y'all haven't checked out her books, oh my gosh, her conversation on, on vulnerability and shame will change your whole life. Um, She's a queen. <laughs> she is just amazing. But, you know, it may take you time to really say, okay, I'm ready to have this conversation. But I think that the biggest thing is like these steps have to be almost self-calculated to some degree. Like it can't just be a a one size fits all approach to how you are going to find yourself. Um, I will also send you, I'm always sending out all kind of uh, assessment type things, but there's another assessment that I can't think of her name, Sonia something. Um, what is it called? The How of Happy, I believe is her book. But in her book, she helps you identify which type of positive interventions will be best for you. So uh, a gratitude method may not work for everybody, right? But journaling may work for you. So what I like about that is it helps you to figure out what are the things that you're least likely to resist when it comes to the path of rediscovery? Because if I prescribe something to you and you're like, Alina, I'm not getting ready to read Brene Brown. I don't pick up a book. Then it's not going to work, you know, but you could be all about going and listening to a podcast. Right. So I think that it's kind of like we have to also help people figure out what what are the methods in which they like to learn and explore so they can then say, OK, 
this is how I'm going to do this. You know, Alina did it this way, but this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to my husband. I'm going to make a nice dinner, like whatever it is, you know, and kind of go into that direction. I think that a coach helps them to pull that out. So I'm always going to be a proponent for get you a coach girl because they pull stuff out of you that you didn't even know was there. Beyond just a therapist, get a coach because that's where the action starts. But the coach is going to tell you, you have to do the work to discover what's going to work for you. And the resistance within your rediscovering, if you are listening to this right now and you are feeling that you are taking steps to do things, but it's actually not feeling good. Like I really hope that this brought light to you as well, knowing that there's not a cookie cutter approach. Uh, there's really your approach and you being intentional of what you want and being open to receiving it and putting it in the action uh, is really what's going to get you there at the end of the day. So Elena, thank you so much for dropping all of these incredible gems. I know that my podcast fam are going to want to hear more of them. So where can they find you? Yeah, so you can actually find me right now at alinaconley.com. Um, that is my website. And then my podcast is The Reminder Remedy. It's on all of your popular iTunes, etc. Um, you all are in luck because I am actually getting ready to officially open the doors to my new coaching practice um, early September. What? And so <laughs> I, <clears throat> I have actually been... Um, if you were to go to my podcast right now, I haven't posted an episode since almost a year. Um, and it's because I've been in just full blown training certifications, um, getting hundreds of client one-on-one -on -one hours, just trying to really understand this work and the impact that it's had. And I mean, I'm just truly blown away by the, um, experiences that my clients have had being able to kind of work through this process with them using the reminder remedy methodology, but also just starting with, you know, their strengths, right? It's kind of like thinking about what's right about people allows us to move so much faster into action. And so um, that will be, you can go to on my Instagram at Alina Conley is my personal page where I post the most. It's really just my kids. <laughs> but in addition to that, if you go to at the reminder remedy on Instagram, you can see all of my past episodes. But that will be where I will make the announcement in September about all of the new resources. Um, I have a new freebie coming out. There's a current freebie right now called the Getting Unstuck Guide, which I love. It's a it's a really, really simple way for you to kind of take take and capture those idle thoughts, put them, put them on paper and start moving towards, you know, getting unstuck that people can access right now on alinaconley.com. So I'm excited. This is the first interview I've done post being like a certified coach and being a positive psychology practitioner. So it just is exciting to kind of see what this is going to do for people at the individual and collective level. So thank you so much. So to hear more from Elena, go ahead and follow the Reminder Remedy, which is available across all platforms, website, podcast, uh, Instagram, you name it, she's got it there. And guys, I hope that you have loved this episode just as much as me. And this really supports you in rediscovering yourself. Remember, as Elena said, everything you need is everything you already got. Until then, I'll see you next time.